Yeah. You removed the sunroof on a Peugeot 505. 504. 504. I apologize. 504. Yeah. yeah. So you can breathe with your son and then you fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Tongue stick, headache, crying out to God. Ladies and gentlemen, incredible. You're Jesus. listening to live business, in, uh, sorry, business of life with Matthew and Matt and uh, our guest advice is going to stay with us second hour. We're going to talk to him before the end of the show. Absolutely. Stick around. Today's bulletin brought to you by Your Sound, Your Community, Alive 90.5. National Radio News. Good afternoon, I'm Liam O'Connell. Labor will back the Coalition's religious discrimination bill, but will move a number of amendments to try and address what it calls its big flaws. After a lengthy caucus meeting, Shadow Attorney-General Mark Dreyfus said Labor supported the bill, but would move amendments in four key areas in both Houses of Parliament. Those amendments include prohibiting religious vilification and discrimination against children based on their sexuality or gender identity. Labor also wants assurances that the controversial statement of belief provision does not remove existing protections against discrimination. It will also seek to change a section of the Sex Discrimination Act that allows schools to discriminate against children on the grounds of sexuality or gender identity. The deadliest day of the pandemic in Queensland has seen 24 people die from the virus, 16 of those in aged care. The Queensland Government has now announced it's hoping to do more to protect the sector. The state's health minister Yvette Darth says she was confronted by stories of family members who were volunteering to assist in understaffed nursing homes on the Sunshine Coast. It comes amidst controversy from the Jeter Gardens nursing home, which has been accused of lying to families whilst recording 15 deaths from COVID at the facility. New South Wales is also dealing with outbreaks in more than 500 aged care homes, as cases within facilities triple in some regions. It comes as new figures show one in 10 Australian healthcare workers have had thoughts of self-harm or suicide in the past two years. A study of 8,000 healthcare workers across the country showed alarmingly high cases of ideation of self-harm. Lead author from the Centre of Health Policy, Lee Bismarck, says while the data is alarming, this is a long-standing issue. Even before the pandemic, healthcare workers had higher rates of suicide than people in other occupations but it does seem that that has become worse with the pandemic. The study is the most far-reaching survey of healthcare workers' mental health since the pandemic began. Hospitalisations from COVID in the Northern Territory have dropped slightly to 174 in line with the daily case total. The Territory has recorded another 1,128 cases of the virus in the past 24 hours. Four of those in hospital are receiving intensive care. New numbers are showing there could be further growth in employment figures, with the latest numbers the highest since the global financial crisis. The figures from the National Skills Commission shows that recruitments in the online space have surged, up 53% from 2019 levels. It adds fuel to the Reserve Bank predictions that employment will hit a 50-year low by the end of 2022, to 3.75%. The unemployment figures do not take into account other chronic issues in the labour market, such as underemployment and a highly casualised workforce. And Australian cricket captain Pat Cummins has issued a statement saying the team needed a new style and management direction. He thanked former coach Justin Langer for his service and said he had no issue with the former coach's intensity. 
Speaking to the media, Pat Cummins says the approach of the Australian team is changing. I think the players would benefit from a more collaborative approach. I think you know, a big theme for this summer has been being more calm, more composed. And you know, that's been really clear in the feedback from players, support staff and Cricket Australia. And I think that's the direction we want to take the team. Justin Langer stepped down from the coaching role on Saturday after reports he was only offered a six-month extension of his existing contract. National Radio News, produced by Charles Sturt University, the Community Radio Network, and supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. And now for the latest weather on Alive 90.5. Five minutes past three on a live 905, and still it's a sunny day out there. I'm very blessed. 28 degrees right now. We're sitting at, and it's going to be a sunny rest of your day because it's going to be tops of 32 degrees today. Tomorrow, tops of 33 on Thursday and Friday. Unfortunately, it's looking like it's going to dip down a little bit. Tops of 26, but it's looking like it's going to have some showers. Unfortunately. And now on a live 90.5, here's the latest traffic information. In Reesby, Millpera Road approaching Edgar Street. It's been a car breakdown, eastbound traffic affected. In Ride, Victoria Road approaching Devlin Street. There's been a truck breakdown, one of five eastbound lanes closed. Greystains, M4 Motorway just past Greystains Road. It's been a breakdown of a truck. The site's been cleared. Heavy traffic, convi- heavy traffic conditions right now with westbound traffic. In Padstow, the M5 Motorway just past Fairfield Road. Same there, there's been a truck breakdown, site's been cleared, heavy traffic conditions affecting westbound traffic. And in Marylands, the M4 motorway just past Coleman Street, it's been a car breakdown, westbound traffic affected. You're listening to The Business of Life with Mario and Matt on Alive 905. This is your sound in your community. Mario, we are live with our second guest, and he's on the line, Dave Clare. Dave, welcome to the studio with uh, Mario and Matt. Can you hear us, Dave? Mario and Matt, uh, awesome to be there. Uh, uh, first of all, Dave, I'd like to say a big thank you for accepting my invitation to be with us in studio today. Although it's online, this interview is going to be recorded and it's going to be transferred to podcast tonight after 6.30 p.m. on our website on live905.com.au. And it's a true pleasure to have the Dave Clare one of the very few people I have the high respect and, you know, looking very high into him. So, Dave, let me read a little bit your bio, and then we're going to start Thank with you. the questions. As I mentioned, Dave Clay with us in studio, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for 25 years or more, Dave has worked with small businesses, owners and leaders to productively transform their lives and businesses to evolve, to stay relevant in the heart and minds of the people they serve. As the CEO and the founder of Circle Leadership, he is also the ambassador of Pacific Region for the Global Company Cultural Association, an organization that is dedicated to driving an evolution of work and ambassador for Smile, Kumba. Dave has successfully synthesized his practical experience in corporate public sector and NFP leadership. Dave, this is just a small bit about yourself. So Dave, again, Great. thank you for coming to the show with us. And do you mind, um, do you mind to just introduce yourself to all listeners. Who is Who's Dave? Dave? Who's Dave? You can, yeah, you, you, you. you can start with the PIN number and the credit card. So, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I know, I gotcha. That's I'm not the people that, yeah, I might have someone else's bit of. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have a lot of fans this after yes. this. Yeah, so, so, Dave, so welcome uh, from the pet, and uh, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Who is Dave Clay? Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, firstly, uh, it's always funny when you hear your bio read out because uh, I said only my mother would speak so highly of me. We'll tell nobody except for me or listeners now. I just read it, you know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I always think uh, that successful people, um, one thing that they always talk about first is their um, their family and you know, the human element of who they are. I mean, those business things are, are wonderful, and um, it, I'm really proud of all the things I've accomplished, but. One of the things I'm most proud of is being a father of uh, three amazing human beings. Um, I have my son Dylan back in Canada and my son Mitchell and my daughter Jordan here in Australia with us. Um, and, uh, you know, with those people in my life are, you know, things I'm most proud of and who they've become as human beings and the way they're integrating into society in their own meaningful ways. Um, but I'm also, this may not be well known by many people, probably by only myself, is that I am husband of the year for 13 years in a row. What they husband mean? of the year. What, what do you mean, what husband of the year? Okay, look, look, look. did your wife elect you for that? <laughs> no, like I said, I'm the only one who would know that. Oh, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I'm asking, uh, uh, Dave? Can you hear me, Dave? Mm. Yes, yep. Okay, the reason reason why I'm asking you, uh, you know, you're the you're the husband of the year for 13 years in a row, mm. because our guest in the studio, it comes from the company called Divorce Your Jewelry. In any case, it doesn't work, you know what I mean? We can always, you know, ask for the help. So, Dave, you know, yes. you wrote some books, and, you know, yes. you're into that leadership space. Can you tell us more? I just want to clarify something. In past yes. two and a half years, you know, I'm hearing world leadership so many yes. times. It's overhyped, over-abused yes. and used, Dave. Do you mind to share with our listeners, particularly with myself and Matt Caruana, what is the leadership actually and how do you see leadership in this corporate world particularly before the pandemic during pandemic and in future yeah no absolutely um so so for me, yeah like i agree with you mario and matt like the 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 uh the word leadership gets thrown around a lot and when, when i wrote my my first book which was um simplified leadership is simple you lead people um I finally decided to write a book on leadership because for me, I really believed it was time that we led differently. Um, most of what we called leadership in the world up until, you know, mid to 2010, 15, whatever to me the, that I saw in organizations everywhere was just modern management practices um, to me. And then, but we were calling it leadership. And, and for me, I, I really believe that leadership is simple. You lead people, so you, you lead people and you manage resources and people are not a resource. I don't know anybody out there who wants to be thought of as a resource to an organization. I'm a means to an end, I'm an expendable commodity. Um, I show up on a, a balance sheet or a profit and loss statement. You know, these are human beings with goals, dreams, aspirations, and desires. Um, and, and this is where, for me, when you look at human resources, we should be resources for humans, not humans as a resource. So to me, the first thing is we, we need to lead differently. We need to understand that leadership to me is all about people. And then what I did with that is I created a definition for leadership for me and uh, that, the, that I put in the book for me it just says the premise of the whole thing, which is leadership is all about 
helping other people become the best version of themselves so they can do their life's best work while in your care and beyond. And that means you care about them as a human being first and an employee second. And then your job is to help them become the best so they can do their best. And the funny part of that, when you look at that definition as, uh, as well, guys, is you don't need a position or title to demonstrate leadership. Interesting. So can you explain means, on this day, please? Because to the, in yeah, the, so like, in like leadership, like, yeah. yeah, so instead of, can you imagine where top-down leadership is a thing of the past and all around leadership is the way forward? So you want to talk about like, where I see the world going into the future. To me, that everyone can be in leadership. Everyone, can you imagine an organization where there's leadership depth and strength in the organization, where everybody's lifting each other up, everyone's helping each other do their best work while in each other's care and beyond. You don't actually physically have to be have a title of a CEO or a manager or whatever title you have to demonstrate leadership. Um, to me, I think leadership can be demonstrated by any of us, and we should all be demonstrating it in terms of leadership within ourselves to start with. So, so for me, all the work that we do, and, and you know, why I wanted to, you know, I got very clear on my message and my voice was to get people to think about leadership differently. It's it's not all this modern management theory and stuff like that that we have. It's just about treating people as human beings, helping them become the best they can do to, while they're in your care, to help them to do their best work, um, and. Even as, a, as an organization, even as a positional leader, so as the CEO of my own organization, um, anyone on our team, like I'm a human being, I make mistakes too. They, I sh am I afraid to make a mistake because I'm the almighty boss and leader of the organization and therefore I'm supposed to be infallible? No, I'm a human being, I make mistakes. But it's creating a culture in my team where the team goes, hey Dave, come on man, we, you know, we know you can do this, you know, get back up, you can do it. Um, and, and so to me, that's where they're demonstrating leadership as much as I am. That's very interesting. Matt, did you have an earlier question for, for Dave? Or? Absolutely, absolutely. Because you mentioned, Dave, you don't need to be a CEO, you don't need to be director or whatever. No. Why do we place so much emphasis on it then? As oh, a that's a good one. That's a good one, Matt. That's a good one. Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, and my... <clears throat> I'll give you... Well, this might be a controversial answer, but what the heck anyway. Uh, a lot of it to me comes from ego. Um, and that we've been conditioned to believe that rank and seniority and position is important. Um, uh, we don't have titles on our business. Well, I'm CEO and founder of the organization, um, I work, you know, from where our organization is structured because, let me backpedal a bit. When you look at traditional organizations, that great question, um, they're set up as a hierarchical chart, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the boss, you're my mm -hmm. subordinate, you report to me, therefore my rank is higher than your rank. Therefore, titles seem to be important. But can you imagine if we got rid of what I call that ego system of leadership and we created, this is why I think it's ego-based, and we created an ecosystem of leadership where everyone was treated as equals. We all had different roles and responsibilities, but we were all treated as equals when it came to the purpose and the values and vision and mission and stuff of our organization. And that everybody answered to something first, not to someone. Wow, okay. What do so you this think is how we, here? you know, I believe, I believe structuring organizations where everybody answers to something first, not to someone, and then we're, we're building an organization of coaches. Like, you know, when you look at any sporting team, you don't have the offensive boss and the defensive boss and the special <laughs> team boss. <laughs> <laughs> right? You see, Dave, it's, I, I'm sorry if I'm interrupting you this very no, moment, Dave. Um, you're the very first one who speaks that way. You know, I'm not in a privy to discuss the leadership and, you know, I have a, 
I'm inclining towards your explanation about, about leadership. You don't need to have the million million people to follow you or army of the employees. But one thing what Matt, he said, is very, very interesting. Everything what we see on social media, everything what we're seeing, advertisers are training or development, personal development, business development, name it. It's exclusively, exclusively being advertised for the high position executive echelon in the companies. And then, you know, like a Matt and I, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dynamic duo in a studio, right? We take a relationship with different levels with each other. Then you say it's not exclusively reserved for the upper echelon corporation. It's it's a, it's it's why this message is not articulated that way, David. Let's go dive deeper into this. Why is yeah, always yeah. talking about people who own the power? You know, what I mean that's all meaning corporate world, executive level. Yeah, well, uh, like I said, for me, the only thing I can think back is that there was um, it's conditioned belief about that, uh, you know, when I get to here, I'll be happy, I'll have the respect and the, you know, that, that I deserve and, you know, that I can command others and, um, you know, that I, I, I can tell people what to do, uh, you know, like, and it may have worked for a while for us in society and everything like that. And, and you know, uh, you know, I, all I can say is this condition, thing, that that's just the way we've always done it for many years. Deming's management theories, you can go back to all these things. I'm a practitioner. I'm not a theorist in many great way, yeah. although I'm aware of some of the theories that are out there. Um, and I just think, you know, if you go back to the days where we had production facilities and, you know, even the schooling system. So the schooling system, no offense to the school curriculums around the world or in our country, is that, you know, they're they're primarily designed to... Well, they were actually started to help people in production factories for the war, yes. right? So, to help reading, writing, arithmetic, things like that, and they're designed to create workers. Um, and if we look at the whole systemic approach to the way we condition people through schooling system, education, there's always been this perceived person that's above you, mm. um, and then we aspire to be that person and or in that person's role, as it were. Um, and yeah, I. I I have no other answer other than the fact that it's just a conditioned way that we've been doing it for many, many years. Military terms, there's always the ranking officer. There's, um, but it doesn't make it right to me. Like you know, it may have worked for us or it may have served us. There's one of the things that someone once shared with me, um, and they said a great question they always ask themselves is, "Why do I?" You know, I, so that's my belief. Why do I believe that to be true? Mm-hmm. And what is that serving me today, and will it serve me tomorrow? Because my beliefs are just things that were true to me at a certain time that served me well. But that doesn't mean they're either serving me well today or will continue to serve me well into the future. So this belief about position, title, rank, file, whatever it is you want to have in organizations, hierarchical charts, what layer you're at, whatever, um, that's just a condition belief. But you can start to see that there's other models out there like holacracy and I know agile structures and even what we use in circle or uh, we have our circle of organizational leadership our, our ecosystem model of organizational structures where it just it just obliterates layers and doesn't need for that there's no need for it we don't i don't need because if i don't need to manage people i only need to lead them i need someone to do that and we manage the resources and the systems and the science of the business not the people I what do we need all these things for? Sorry, sorry, David, didn't interrupt you because Matt has a burning <laughs> desire to ask you a question. He just, yeah, he no. can't sit in, in his wheelchair, <laughs> you know what I mean, anymore because I can see he's, he's fidgeting, you know what I mean? So, Matt, please, I, I suppose it's just, it's, it's, 
not even necessarily a question. It, it, it's more of a statement, I suppose. As I'm hearing you speak, Dave, it seems so prevalent and just real to me with what you're sharing. If we were to enable our organizations in a way where we could cut you know, the hierarchy, we're not looking up to people, we're, we're not reporting to people, but we're reporting to our responsibilities. Mm-hmm. What we're, we're doing is we're creating the leader within each and every person. Correct. And that each and, and every person can be a leader themselves. Strength. That's right. Yeah, and that's that's when I talk about creating a leadership depth and strength in the organization. It's not about creating more chiefs and, and no Indians, pardon the old expression in that sense, but, um, but it's actually about creating the sense of leadership where that person is empowered, like true empowerment, to be able to, to make smarter decisions, that they're, they know why they're coming to work, they're, in, they're empowered. They don't need to be managed, right? Because they have this sense of self-leadership because they, they understand where the organization is going. They have a tremendous clarity about it. They understand the direction. They understand the alignment. They understand the focus of what's supposed to be worked on. They're giving the tools and they're performance-led, not performance-managed, to achieve great success by becoming the best that they managed. can and doing their best work while in that person, each other's care and beyond. There's a lot there for each and every of us to take out of that. Let's leave it there on, on a quick break. You're listening to The Business of Life with Mario and Matt on a live 905. What a conversation this is with Dave Clare. I can't wait to continue this conversation. Stick around, guys. We'll be, we'll be back shortly. A live 90.5.
Hexagon Home Loans is your trusted mortgage broker. We focus on providing you with personal service and expert advice to help you find the home loan which best suits your requirements. Ranging from first home loans, refinancing, investment home loans, self-employed home loans, debt consolidation and SMSF loans. With a large network of lending institutions at our fingertips, we can assist you in making a well-informed decision that will save you time and money. Call us on 1300 562 649. Australian Credit Licence 504481. Station sponsor. We're Invictus Partners, an Australian company specialising in checking software usage across the major vendors like SAP, Oracle, IBM, Microsoft and VMware. Are you looking to reduce your software fees? Are you worried about being audited? Are you migrating to the cloud? Do you need help working out your software usage versus entitlements? Contact us at Invictus Partners today before you get hit with a compliance fine. Go to www.invictuspartners.com to arrange a no-obligation discussion to see how we can help you. Station sponsor. SE Timbers Castle Hill are flooring experts. Not just flooring, SE Timbers supply, install and guarantee solid timber, engineered, laminate and vinyl flooring as well as carpet blinds and shutters. An authorised dealer of major brands like Borrell, Preference and Quickstep. Call 9894-6660 or visit setimbers.com.au to arrange a free quote today. Station sponsor, SE Timber Floors and Shutters, ingrained quality. What's on at Workers? Enjoy free live music every Saturday night at Workers Blacktown, every Saturday night and Sunday afternoon at Workers Sports and every Sunday afternoon at Workers Hubertus. Plus, enjoy a full range of dining facilities. Visit the website at www.workersclub.com.au for the full music schedule, plus plenty of other activities including raffles, bingo, promotions and fun events. Workers is your club. Station sponsor. It's 27 minutes past three on a live 905. You're listening to The Business of Life with Mario and Matt and we're live with Dave Clare who's live from WA and we've spoken quite a bit about leadership quite a bit there's a leader within each and every person and then each and every one of us there's a leader though dave the way you describe leadership for me it brings up empathy we're leading people to bring out the best in them so they can serve their purpose at the greatest degree i'd love to hear about your take on empathy what it means for leadership and how we can best utilize empathy to bring out the best in others yeah, like, like it's it's such a an interesting word, empathy, because it can be people interpret it differently. So for me, empathy, you know, I, I look at it in the context firstly that I truly believe that every single person that I have the pleasure of working with, um, either as part of our team or even our clients or even people I meet, that have all have goals, dreams, aspirations, desires, um, and I, I want to like I, I seek to understand that. I, you know, a lot of people think empathy is. Uh, seeking to understand what it feels like to be that person in their shoes, um, which is which is a, could be a good definition of empathy. But for me, uh, I just know that everyone has something going on in their lives, good, bad, or indifferent. Everybody deep down inside has goals, dreams, aspirations, and desires or wants for their lives. And I, I truly care about other human beings. Like, I, I care deeply about other people. And um, I, I did a post recently, and you know, there's a lot of crap going on in the world right now, and there's a lot of people mad at each other for different perspectives or different um, uh, views on the way the world is, without getting into any of it. But for me, I have I always feel you have two choices: you can respond in kind, or you can respond in kindness. 
And to me, that's what empathy, empathy is all about, responding in kindness to people. Even if someone's being mad or angry at you, be empathetic towards they might have something going on. Only hurt people hurt people. And so if I'm, I look at everyone with loving eyes, um, and I think, you know, that's, that's to me is empathy. Wow. Wow. Mario, I can see your... <laughs> so now I'm just, <laughs> just, just, just thinking like... Uh, on, so Dave, you know, I'm more from empathy. You know, I just... We all have a different views of empathy. Matt yep. is a... Uh, is very empathetic person and, you know, obviously everybody, you know, has a different views on a, on a empathy. So, you know, mm-hmm. well, I'm the straightforward shooter, like I believe only in Nutella. So that's my empathy. <laughs> I mean, when it's John Nutella in front of me. But speaking about, speaking about achievements, you know, where you need to utilize your empathy, one of them is that you are uh, published author of several books. Would you mind, uh, Dave, to share with our audience what, what was your books about, titles and uh, how they're assisting other people? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So my first book, which well, I already thank shared, you very was, much. Was thank you very much, Dave, for your answer. That was, uh, you know, we take a short okay. break. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue, Dave. I see what you just did there. I yeah, see what yeah. you did. <laughs> <laughs> so please continue, Dave, yeah. No, no, no. The, um, uh, no, that's the only thing I did. No, no, really. So, yeah, so Simplified with me was my, my view on leadership, and I, uh, and I wrote that because, like I said, I finally found my voice, my message I wanted to bring to the world, so um, that's why I wrote that book. Uh, and then my second book was uh, I, I co-authored with a great mentor, a friend of mine who's in the UK, Andrew Priestley, who was another Australian uh, who's living in the UK right now. Um, and it was actually it was an empathetic situation, actually, which caused that book. Uh, one of our clients was, this is when the pandemic just sort of happened. Mm. And I said to him, he said, oh, man, I, I don't know what to do. I've got my people here. I've got, like, you know, I've got to send them home. How am I going to do this? What's going to happen with my clients? What's going to happen with my work? And I said, oh, just wait, just chill for a second, mate. Go grab your plan- pandemic playbook, open to page 42, and tell me what it says to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Just, 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 just a second, just a second, uh, uh, Dave. You wrote a book, Pandemic Playbook. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. One of the books we wrote was, uh, yeah, what to do when you haven't got a, pardon the expression, friggin' clue. Okay. So yeah. why why Pandemic Playbook? Why, why is this well, all good for, you know? Well, it, it, it came up because of that thing. So, so when I said Todd <laughs> opened to that page and he goes, is there such a book? I said, no, nobody's been through this before. <laughs> okay. nobody, nobody has a clue what to do. And I was sharing this with my friend Andrew and he said, we should write a book about it. And so we wrote the book and all proceeds went to a, um, uh, a children's charity in the UK. So any, any sales of the book go to that. So it wasn't for anything for us, it was more so. But there, there was, there's about, you know, probably 10 pages of content in it. And then all the rest of the pages are just blank with a playbook, you know, um, that's just like templates. So you can actually just complete whatever you did that day, that week. So if anything ever happened again, you could come back to your own pandemic playbook and look at the decisions that you made and um, what you did and how it panned out. So you could use that as information to make smarter decisions going forward. I love that. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I, listen, so, uh, yes, you have something yeah, else. So that, that one, but that started from that. It's just like, hey guys, look, for anyone who's struggling through this, please understand that there's no playbook for this. That no one's, you know, not in our generation has been through anything like this uh, in business. So, like, just don't be so hard on yourself if you don't know what to do. Well, let me tell you, um, on the 16th of April, 1986, when I woke up, I'll tell this mm-hmm. story later, which a noble heaven. And anyway, so it's like, you know, yeah. I want to ask you a question, you know, for yep. all our listeners, you know, I really need some of your empowerment, particularly for the my co-host, Matthew Caruana. 
writing books seems easy and everybody <laughs> knows how to critique somebody else's book but yep. the fact that you need to write a book it is a process itself and that's where the company's yep. leadership in, in in play you know your own leader you know organizing yourself discipline because leadership as you always saw as a part of military uh, when i was a part of there was all about planning and processes but it's yeah. uh, tell me in your own words how difficult it is to write a book and what did you saw as the biggest challenges in writing the book yeah absolutely i'll start with the latter first which is the, the biggest challenges yes um, i've been asked by a lot of people i've known through my years you know as leadership coach business coach whatever you want to uh, call me or put me in whatever box in terms of the work that I do, that, you know, when are you going to write your book? When are you going to write your book? And for me, the biggest challenge was actually getting to stage where I didn't want to be another me too author. I didn't want to write just another book on leadership. There's already 257,000 something <laughs> on leadership. It's not enough. Eh? I think we need to, I think we need to beef up that 257,000 yeah. books about leadership. Jeez, oh, I'm man. sure yeah. there's at least that, if not more. Yeah, but, okay. um, yeah. yeah, you can Google that for me in the break. I didn't want to be another me too author. So first thing was, I, and this is what I said to you before, is like I needed to find my voice first, which once I got very clear my voice and then what my message was, then what I realized is I needed a vehicle to get that out to as many people as possible. And that's where, you know, one-to-one is easy, one-to-group is speaking. But if I want to go one-to-many, having a book was the smartest strategy for me to get that message out to as many people as possible. Um, and so that's that's why I chose to write the book. So the hardest part, actually, for me, the challenge was, first was actually making sure I was very clear on my voice, my message, and the reason why I wanted to write that book. I think there's always two reasons to write a book. Um, one is to, um, you know, have a very expensive marketing brochure. Yeah. And I know, um, Mario, you've written a few books yourself, I believe, so you understand this. Um, and then the second one is because you have a voice and message and you want to reach it out to as many people as possible. And yeah. so for me, when I wrote my book, the the purpose behind it was if if my kids, uh, so the three kids who have a copy of the book, they got the first three copies. Yes. If all, if they're the only three copies I ever sold, that would be fine to me because at least my kids would know the problem that their dad was passionate about solving in this world. Can I, wow. can I can I add something on this, Matt? And you know, I I need to give the pride of this. A reason why I always like to share this in a, in a, in the show. Mm. Ten years ago, I'm sorry, I'm lying. Twelve years ago, Jesus, the time is flying. You know, I mean, <clears throat> <laughs> twelve years ago, you know, I got into a very dark space, and you know, my entire life, in, instead of going out the details, everything was crumbling around me, falling apart, and divorce your jewelry, and my son becomes sick, and everything else. And then just by I don't know why, for, for what reason, I need to walk into library. You know, I wasn't reader, I wasn't the guy who writes the books, particularly in English, you know, this is not a language, you know, I, because mm-hmm. what I knew on English was swearing, you know, like in the movies. <laughs> but my vocabulary was very poor. And for some reason, that day I was, I can't call it depressed, you know, but I felt very, you know, down and I walked into library. And they, what did you do with your books is going to, reach somebody like me i walk into a library and for some reason i go into that self-help section you know everything else and i pick up the book and i'll say this publicly it's called you can do it from paul hana aussie writer you know i'm not sure what it's gentleman it is <coughs> anyway and that book changed my life just the one book eh? one book like it's, yeah. it's nothing it's not written in in such a language it's like a written for five years old which my brain was at that stage on you know, five years old in english so what i try to say 
I salute everybody like yourself and future writer Matthew Caruana and Ivarso. You know, if one copy find the one person and change their life, this is the this is the yeah. best deal you ever can do. Not just the legacy. So yeah, Matt, you want to add something? Or? Yeah, Ab- absolutely. You, you, you just added something there, Mario, that I think is so key. Yeah. Part of le- leadership to me is the legacy you leave behind for other people. Jeez, this is good. Eh? I'm going to take it this way. I'm going <laughs> to steal from you on the <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> And I think that, it, that you're, you're bang on with that. Um, and I'll share with you, maybe you finish what you want to say. But, uh, this is so important. We can't lose this topic. We can't lose the topic. We can't lose this topic. No. Dave, how about we take a short break? Yeah? We take a short break now and uh, we come back to with more to questions to Dave Clay, who is with us live from the Western Fortress, Fortress Western Australia. And Dave, if we need to take you over, you know what I mean? Kidnap you, hijack you to come with us alive in the studio, we'll do it. He said. Absolutely. DaveClay.com.au, his website. We come back more after break. Alive 90.5. We're Invictus Partners, an Australian company specialising in checking software usage across the major vendors like SAP, Oracle, IBM, Microsoft and VMware. Are you looking to reduce your software fees? Are you worried about being audited? Are you migrating to the cloud? Do you need help working out your software usage versus entitlements? Contact us at Invictus Partners today before you get hit with a compliance fine. Go to www.invictuspartners.com to arrange a no-obligation discussion to see how we can help you. Station sponsor. McGrath Estate Agents understand that selling your home is one of the most important financial decisions you'll ever make. With award-winning teams in the hills, their service goes above and beyond any other to create great results and lifelong relationships to deliver the best possible result. Brett Humby of McGrath Estate Agents will unlock value in your home you never knew existed. To realise more and experience the McGrath Advantage with Brett Humby, head to mcgrath.com.au or search Brett Humby today station sponsor we all know that paying for a funeral can be a financial burden however have you ever thought of paying off a prepaid funeral with none of the ongoing premiums that is associated with funeral insurance $1,000 can get you started Hills Family Funerals a family owned and operated business of 35 years can make it easier for you call 02-9659-0900 ask for Richard Spiteri or speak to one of the friendly staff members to learn how get assistance today call Hills Family Funerals station sponsor Alive 90.5 Are you ready for the beaches? Are you ready for the weekends? Are you ready for the summer? The summer's not ready for me Are you ready for the long nights? With your body looking just right Are you ready for the summer? The summer's not ready for me. Uh, gang stop, it was ready for me. Stock going up heavy on me. No stress on me, put that protect on me. I keep a check on me, your girl sex on me. She likes summertime, number six, number nine. Let me lie, man, I mix it up and give it to her, baby, anytime. I got plenty time, push that thing in the mind. I know exactly what to do, baby, you, baby, you ain't. I mean, you probably got a clue, but you ain't. Slim dick, summer fine, get Look 
come and get it, baby, play it or win. Spread it for me, don't get spread too thin. If I'm too much, baby, hit two friends. I got the CMOS. Saw my body looking like Ibiza. She'll do anything for a visa. She got the fever, she gon' sweat a leader. Sophia fever. Looking like no gap, reflex, respect, fresh out the pack, no defects, secret, baby, no hands, and that's all. T-Rex, dope fans, only fans might be next. I'm a call, then I'm coming with the ball, yeah, cause I'm summer off, summer 20 was a loss, we'll be back home, and this finger licking good to the last drop, that's why it's the back shot. Yeah. I must confess, I'm freakiest in the summertime. Can I get an amen? Some rest when summer ends. So let me blow your mind. Hey, are you ready for the beaches? Are you ready for the weekends? Are you ready for the summer? The summer's not ready for me. Are you ready for the long nights? With your body looking just right. Are you ready for the summer? The summer's not ready. Me. 17 minutes to four here in studio on a live 9.5. You're listening to The Business of Life with Mario and Matt. And we're live with Dave Clare all the way from Western Australia, the other side of the planet. Other side of the planet, yes. But no, the, the country. As I say, like Matthew Caruana and Mario Beckers will act as the Navy SEALs. Team Navy SEALs. Team, team Sydney, yeah. you, you and I, we're going to reach Dave Clare from Perth. I bring him here in the studio with us next time. But Dave, before we wrap it up, because 45 minutes with you, it just flied. And uh, I'm hoping that... It's been 45 minutes already. Yes. You already. (laughs) Yeah, so like, you know, I'm hoping that you're going to accept our invitation soon to join us again in in the studio um, to share them more because... We'll be fun kidnapped. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Accept our our invitation, Matt, and I would like to have it again in the studio. But before we wrap it up, we'd like to share with our listeners how people can reach Dave Clare what services you're offering and where they can find you yeah absolutely thank you for the opportunity to do that um, so firstly uh, the best way to find me is uh, daveclare.com d-a-v-e-c-l-a-r-e dot com uh, there's no way you on the end of it I'm an uh, I apologize that was me you know, just, yeah, yeah, no, just that's right. yeah. Yes. I caught that the break there so I'm an international man of mystery uh, <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, so that's the best way to get hold of me. The work that, that, that's really important that we do in the world is, is as you alluded to in, in my bio, the intro, um, is that, you know, I really want to help leaders to evolve themselves and their businesses to stay relevant. So if you're thinking about that, because a lot of businesses are growing out of business, they grow into obscurity or irrelevance because they're worried about being more for more instead of looking at how we can become more. Um, and this is really important in today's crazy world that we're in. It's about increasing your capabilities and capacity for greatness in your organization. Um, and, and in order to do that, which is actually, I'll, I'll just pick up on the last part we were talking about books and all that. The book I'm working on right now, um, it, it's based on this principle. So I'll ask you guys a quick question. This will explain a lot of the work that we do um, with our clients and the, how if anyone's looking for this sort of work, we can help them. If you want to take your organization from good to great, a la Jim Collins, um, what inside your organization needs to go from good to great for the company itself to go from good to great? It's interesting insight. 
It's a reflection. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what do you think inside your company would need to go from good to great for the business itself to go from good to well, great? Well, leadership, yeah. Somebody who is decision-making. Yeah, so the people. Yeah, people, people. sorry. Yeah. Right, so you need to help your people go from good to great for your organization to go to good rate. Now, here you go. You can't boss someone into greatness. Ooh. You can't boss someone into greatness. Wow. And that's the title of my new book that I'm working on right now, is You Can't Boss Someone Into Greatness, How to Become a Coach, Not a Boss. Um, and so in organizations, getting back to the stuff we talked about right at the very beginning, if you want to move away from an ego system of leadership and realize that you need to have a leadership depth and strength in your organization, and that starts inside yourself and increasing your own capacity for greatness, so you can actually help create space and capacity for your team to go to greatness, um, and then that way you'll evolve yourself and your business to stay relevant. You become relevant as a leader and your business stays relevant in the hearts and minds of people you choose to serve. That's the work that we're doing in the world at Circle Leadership. That's the work that we do. Um, and anybody who's listening to your show who wants to reach out to me, if you go to my website, daveclair.com, and just through the contact page, reach out to me and say you heard me on the show. I have four spots I do every week free. Um, just a whiteboard session online, doesn't matter. Um, no obligations, no expectations. Uh, just say, hey, I heard you on the the, the uh, Business of Life um, nice. show with Matt and Mario, and I uh, would love to have a free session. I only do four a week. Um, and please understand they'll be scheduled in advance because I do have several of them already pre-booked. Yes. But I will give you the time to go through that and help anyone out who's listening to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, jump on daveclay.com international men of mysteries no australia as i confine him into just western australia dave and uh claim your spot free session with dave clay you'll be glad you did dave i just want to say thank you on behalf of myself and matt and ally 90.5 thank you very much for being with us today online and uh you know i'll be in touch with you separately after the show tomorrow but thank you very much dave and uh, tonight on the website alive905.com.au the interview with dave clay daveclay.com you can hear it you can reach him and learn from the best you'll be glad you did it Dave thank you very much thank you very much and Dave. Matt Mario thank you so much Matt obviously you're the brains of this operation I can tell so uh, <laughs> thank you mate, for running the show and, and Mario uh, yeah, really appreciate it guys. yeah I'll speak to you I'll speak to you I'll speak to you later on my own for the my upcoming book <laughs> as we spoke but I said like, thank you Dave again for because listen Dave I get in inquiries all the way to the show from Taiwan Daniel Tolson oh, wow. Yes, he's just asking how you are. <laughs> you kind of hear it, you know what I mean? So, ladies and gentlemen, you are with us in studio with Matthew Caruana and Mario Beckers Alive 90.5. This is a business of life. Dave Clare from Perth, thank you very much. We'll thank take a short break. Thank you, Dave. Have a My great day. Privilege. Thanks, guys. Alive 90.5. We are the Insight Intelligence Group, specializing in Australian corporate investigations and information risk management, workplace investigations, competitor analysis, social media intelligence, reputational risk management, internal or external investigations. Professional and proactive, Insight Intelligence Group works with you to ensure the success of the investigation. Australia-wide or global, facts, not opinion. 02882 9837. Insightintelligence.com.au Station sponsor. 
Learn something new in 2022 with the Parramatta College. Term 1 courses are open for enrolment and include business and work skills, computer skills, leisure and lifestyle, languages. The Parramatta College also offer New South Wales government funded courses. Eligibility criteria applies. Improve your personal and professional development with the Parramatta College. Enroll today. Call 9687 2072. That's 9687 2072. Or visit parramattacollege.edu.au. Station sponsor. Eleven minutes to four here on a live nine oh five, the business of life with Mario and Matt, and we're back. We're back with Ivers in studio. He's been here and he's going to share some last little bits with us. Ivers, thank you very much for being here. Firstly, and I'm intrigued, very intrigued to hear this part of your book. Yes, it is one of my pleasures and uh, privileges to be able to write novels and. Uh, have people give feedback. I'm always uh, really, really uh, enjoying the fact that uh, that the feedback comes, and I know that I've done it right, which is <laughs> what it's all about, isn't it? Now, I've been writing for too many years, and uh, yeah, I've got uh, a lot on the boil, and this is one of my latest ones that I'm uh, I'm uh, looking at. It's called Race Riots of the 21st Century. How about that for a title? Now, we've got just a little background before I read you a bit from it. In this particular book, we have a young man who's had the death of his mother. His father is incredibly rich. They live outside of London. And he's just had his 21st birthday. And a very nasty Auntie Kate has informed the young man that the father is using sweatshop labor in Southeast Asia to gain more and more wealth. And okay. He, oh, it's really bad. The, the mothers died. There's all this animosity between the father and the son. The son starts yelling at his father, what are you doing? You're destroying people's lives. All this kind of thing going on in the background. And he says, you know, that's the only way that I could maintain this lifestyle for us. I'm sorry. It just, you know, it was impossible with the price of UK labor to keep going. You know, even this present that I got you, this, this fantastic motorcycle that can go across the ocean. I mean, from BMW, it's called the Seafarer. I mean, how could you have that if I didn't have the money? And the guy, the young man gets so angry with his father that he runs down to the basement, fires up the seafarer, makes his way all the way to the south of England and takes off across the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, on his way to Florida in America. And we, okay. we catch up to, with him right here in this little snippet. Please share. Thank you. Once again, his musings were interrupted, this time by a low-level blinking alarm, a bright red spinning oval in the middle of the 3D display. He touched the area hanging in mid-air, pinching it first and then opening his fingers to enlarge it. What he saw was the stuff of ancient tales of long-forgotten mariners and tall ships, and it was heading toward the seafarer at speed. By the outline of the shape, it was either a medium-sized whale or a very large, great white shark. 
Estimate time, size, and speed of approaching object. A few seconds went by. Then came the response. It appears to be a great white shark of probably 1,800 to 2,000 kilograms and 6 meters long, traveling at close to 60 kilometers an hour. ETA, 3 minutes. Is there anything we can do? Working. The shark was massive. As it approached the seafarer, it showed no signs of slowing down. The vessel automatically went into enhanced auto impact mode, a bright red beacon flashing rapidly in the center of the 3D display. Sonic blasts of a frequency thought to immobilize sharks of a lesser size went out into the blue water, impeded in their strength by the refractive index of the medium. Realistically, the largest impact they could expect would be when the shark was within me mere meters of the craft. At the same time, targeted blasts of disorienting laser discharges were being released in a starburst pattern directly in its path. Again, the impeded transmission rate of the water reduced their strength. As it neared the shielding surrounding the seafarer, it appeared as if nothing in their arsenal had been effective. Then, just as suddenly as it had been drawn to the vessel, it veered away, no longer interested in its prey, vanishing into the distant, murky waters. They would never know for sure, but it appeared as if the countermeasures had worked. Wow. Yeah, and that's just I'm, one of the things this guy gets into. I mean, it it, it is it is an insane trip. He, uh, I won't spoil it for you, but uh, when he gets to Florida, he thinks everything's going to be okay, but there's a gang with big red baseball bats ready to do some damage when he gets there. Okay. And what happens after that is something you'll need to read the book to find out. <laughs> <laughs> what I, oh, I mean, as I'm hearing you read that, the thing it does for me, it paints such a clear image in my mind. Thank you. I'm here drifting off. But even as I'm talking to you earlier on about, you know, divorce your jewelry, about you, the way you articulate yourself is one of a writer. You're very kind. You, it's very, it's very descriptive and very precise. Every word has intention behind it, and there's no fluff there. And thank you. Just hearing hearing that little segment from your book. What's it called, by the way? Race riots of the 21st century. Race riots of the 21st century. There'll be other references to all the things that we're seeing in the background in our own lives, everything you can imagine, politically, movement-wise, and that'll be in the background. It's, it's, quite, it's, quite the, uh, it's quite the thriller. Wow, wow. It's something that I really appreciate, which is, you know, thriller. But also fiction. It allows the mind to expand and go to all, all kinds of places. And, you know, in the whole business world, we think, oh, we got, only got to read nonfiction. I think that creates a very, you know, pl placid mindset. You know, I've discovered in my travels throughout the world that there are two types of people. One type 
that loves fact and reads biographies, business help things, self-help things, all that. And there's another totally different type of person that reads fiction because they like to escape into that, that area. Now, and then there's two types of writers of fiction. Writers that have plotted the entire thing right to the end and they know where they're going to start and write everything. And then there's those they call pantsers. And Lee Child, the very famous Jack Reacher author, is one of those pantsers. And so am I. Yeah, yeah. You, we, we fly by the seat of our pants. Just see where the story takes you. <laughs> and, and yeah, and when you don't know what's what's happening, you'll get there anyway. So I thank was, you. I was. How can we find your books? That's where I'm looking for a publisher. If you can uh, direct me in the right path, I will be very grateful. I've had some overtures from some friends that uh, speak in that direction. I uh, I just love writing and and all the things that go with it. Find you somebody, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening Business of Life with uh, Matt and Mario and our guest advice. So, Jessica was the first one. Just Jessica Manihara. Then we yeah, had and, Dave uh, Clay. And Ivers Osis. Ivers Osis. Till next episode, we're wishing you an awesome week ahead. It's going to be sunny tomorrow, but as Matt says, it's going to be wet <laughs> from Thursday. Have a wonderful week, guys. Stick okay. around next week for Business of Life with Mario and Matt, Wednesdays 2 to 4 on a live 905. It's true.